You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. I'm Kevin Power. Two of my four guests in this episode are non-judgmental, unbiased, hypervigilant, sensitive, and a metaphor for real life. Wendy Robinson and Brenda Saperja are more than cousins. They are like sisters. They share a close bond with each other and their horses. That's right, Gypsy and Ziva are horses, and if you've ever heard the term equine therapy, you are about to witness it in practice. I met Wendy a few years ago, and when I heard the story of a life-changing moment and how Gypsy came into her life, I knew I wanted Wendy as a guest. True, horses are part of our recreation and sport, but in this story you will understand the term intangible culture— Culture is the very stuff that makes us who we are and informs the way we move through life. This is a story about love, loss, and legacy. Today I am at the Ag Center at the Saskatoon Exhibition Grounds. For listeners, we're sitting in um, in a typical, typical uh, arena space with... Um, Lots of mud on the floor and that unmistakable smell of animals in the air on a stinking hot day in Saskatoon. Um, And it's only going to get hotter because it's still in the morning. My guests today are Wendy Robinson and Brenda Saperja. Wendy and Brenda are cousins. I first met Wendy shortly after I came back to Saskatoon in just very casual, everyday circumstances um, at a store in Saskatoon. And we just kind of connected very, very quickly. And at that time, Brenda was going through a major life transition, and we got talking about that. And that sort of led into a conversation about her love of horses. And early on, when I began the Sascapes project, I knew that this was a story that I wanted to tell. These are stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan, and culture is a very, very broad term, and it encompasses more than just the arts. It encompasses the very stuff that makes our lives interesting and fulfilling and gratifying and um and that's what culture is as well. So Wendy's story is all of that and more. And Wendy and Brenda do have a love of horses. So with all that said, Wendy, tell me a little bit, first of all, about yourself. Were you born in Saskatchewan? Yes, I was born in Moose Jaw. I, we lived in Moose Jaw till I was four, and then we moved to Saskatoon. 
and I spent all of my years here going to school and then I went to university and then I guess Brandy became a bigger part of my life and that's when I was introduced to the love of horses and Brenda, the very first horse that I ever remember was Grandpa. And he The horse's name was Grandpa? Yes, it was. How did the horse get named Grandpa, and whose horse was Grandpa? Well, I think Grandpa came to Brenda three or four hands later, owned her down the line. But when he came to Brenda, he was probably close to 30. Okay, Brenda, how did Grandpa come into your life? Well, Grandpa was a pony, um, a Shetland pony that was probably no more than 32 inches in height so he was a favorite of all the children in the community so he sort of just got passed down from family to family as our children grew up so I got him from friends of mine who whose children outgrew him and when my kids outgrew him and my friends and family then we passed him on down to someone who had small children and he lived for a few more years after that but I think he lived to be almost 40. Wow is that is that long in horse years 40? For a pony, no. For most horses, yes. Right. Um, you are also from Saskatchewan, yes? Correct. I also grew up in Moose Jaw. Oh, you did. Good old Moose Jaw. They've been well represented in the Saskate podcast series. Do you both love Saskatchewan? I guess we do or we wouldn't still be here. <laughs> Absolutely. What's your most favorite thing about Saskatchewan, uh, apart from horses? The thing that I like to do the most or the it can be anything no rules whatever what, either what you love about the terrain what you love about the people well the people are incredibly friendly there's no doubt about that i really like to go on trail rides or go fishing those are the two favorite things that i like to do and i to be honest with you, you don't even care if the fish bite as long as i get to be out there just dee, 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 fishing away where's the best fishing hole jan lake for listeners jan lake is Jan Lake is um, northern part of the province, about 30 minutes from Flin Flon. Okay. Yes. And no mosquitoes. Um, the mosquitoes would probably be considered twin engine up there. <laughs> That's very funny. Are you also into fishing holes, Brenda? I like to fish, but I don't, I'm not the fisherwoman that Wendy is. I, I do like to fish. I'm a little too busy right now to do it, but yes, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing to do, fishing right. and camping. What keeps you busy? <laughs> My job here, okay. here at Prairie Land Park. All right, tell me a bit about that job here. Well, I'm the livestock manager here at Prairie Land Parks, which means I manage this facility that we are in. Um, it houses, well, I think there's about 230 box stalls here, and, and it's a year-round facility. So in the summertime, we have events, mostly horse shows on almost every weekend, and in the wintertime, we board horses on a full-time basis. And you, But you're dealing with more than just horses when you say livestock. Mostly horses. Mostly horses. Mostly horses. There, we have only about, we have three or four shows that involve cattle, but they are horse events with cattle, mostly like cutting and team penning and things like that. We have a couple of smaller shows. We just hosted the Canadian National Junior Limo Show, so that was kind of a, a new event that we hadn't done in, ever in the past. So it's, uh, we, we can do cattle as well as horses. But you're coming up on a very busy time of year this week as the exhibition rolls out. That's correct. Um, the exhibition is a, a little bit of a crazy time for all of us, but it's very busy and it looks like we're going to have a really hot week again, which is seems typical for the exhibition, but um, yeah, it's a busy, busy season. Great. So, um, Wendy, um, 
You mentioned Grandpa as being one of the first horses that came into your life. Um, So that spawned a love of horses, or had you already had experience with horses before Grandpa came into your life? No, I would say Grandpa would be the first experience that I had. And then later in years, Brenda, her herd just grew and grew and grew, and her kids grew up and moved, and she said, I'm only one person. I can only ride one horse at a time. Please come ride, come ride, come ride. And then I fell in love with her, one of her, probably the longest you've had, TJ. I fell in love with TJ and developed a really, really good bond with TJ. And TJ now lives in Alberta with Brenda's daughter, as well as one other horse. And her name is Toonie. So um, Brenda's daughter has two daughters that both ride. And so Brenda has been a great grandma and given two of her horses to her granddaughters. And then... Came next, May. Well, just back up a little bit. What what's it like when you first get on? Uh, what's the memory when you first got on Grandpa or when you first get on TJ? What what is it that that just ignites that spark? This is I love this. How do you create that bond with a horse? The unconditional love that horses provide. It's just unbelievable. You can be having the worst possible day. You got screamed Mm -hmm. at at work. Your, I don't want to say your best friend died or anything like Mm -hmm. that, but you can be having a horrible, horrible day at work and five minutes with one of these animals and you've completely turned around. Mm -hmm. They know they have this sixth sense about them that, oh my goodness, she's having a really bad day. I better be extra special to her. And Gypsy will rub her face on me. She will nibble on, when I'm on her back, she'll nibble on the end of my boot. Just, you know, turn around. Oh, hey, how's it going up there? Sort of thing. But like people, when you first... When you first get on a horse, that relationship isn't there. It's something that, that gets established over time, yeah? So when you're first getting on the horse for the first time, do you have that bond instantly, or how does that work? No, it's a lot of hand contact. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts on the ground. Yes, groundwork is. Because you, you when you first meet a horse, you need to introduce yourself and get a sense of them, and they need to get comfortable with you, and they mm-hmm. need to smell you. And sometimes they nibble on the end of your finger, like mm-hmm. just with their lips or something like that. Um just to get a feel of yourself and to know that you're a good person and mm-hmm. you're not going to hurt them and you're not going to invade their space or do anything bad to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I Like I, people. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, um, I've never even seen anybody be afraid of a farrier or anything. They just, a farrier is a guy that comes and trims, trims their hooves and mm-hmm. things like that. And mm-hmm. they just, oh, okay, and put their foot up on and, yeah, all right, dee, 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 dee. They're very, very calm and gentle animals, and they want to please. They really want to please you. There's no doubt about that. So was TJ your first horse that you could call your own? I was never really able to call her my own, but yes, she was the one that I rode all the time. She was the one that I groomed, you know. Well, yes, we would, if one of us got to the farm first, we'd both catch a horse, um, I would catch both horses, and then everybody got brushed and, you know, ready, going to make it a, the ride a little bit longer, so both horses are ready at the same time, sort of thing, because you sure. have to do the grooming, you have to make sure they're brushed, and they're clean, and, and they they have no dirt and rocks and things like that on their back, or under the cinch where the saddle, because it just hurts them when you're riding. Right, right. So the, developing the bond helps on the ground, too. So you're just a teenager at this point when you're, when you're with first TJ, time. yeah? Probably. Yeah, the first time, probably, yep. 
that mm. I was I really got the horse bug, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah. Most recently in the last probably five years, really heavy really duty, right? Seriously, yeah. right. yes. And when you commit to a horse, it's it's a big deal. I mean, you don't just casually drop in on a horse every once in a while and say, "Hey, how are you doing?" Are you? I mean, you're. It's no. a commitment. Every single day, you have to make sure that the well there's four horses in the pasture all the time you have to make sure that there's four horses that are standing you have to make sure that they have enough food and enough water and when the bugs are as bad as this in the evening we will build them what's called a smudge and it's just yucky gross ugly hay that's moldy or yucky and just light it on fire and they just stand in the smoke Mm. it's actually rather comical to see they're just they're so smart oh yeah okay can we get a little closer can Mm. we get they're very very smart animals right so when your horses aren't on site where where are they living that you have to do all of this well brenda yeah brenda lives in mormon and in the summertime our horses uh live just a mile this side of Warman. So Brenda is there every single day making sure everybody's fine and nobody's cut and nobody's hurt and everybody has enough water. And wow. That's a big job. Yes, it is. Yeah. When do you, what time of day do you start doing that? In the morning early. I usually feed them before I come to work and then on, again on the way home. So it's a, it's a two two times day project. Right. So they're not here during the day usually. <laughs> they're They're in pasture. Mostly. Um, in the wintertime, we bring them in here, um, sometimes for extended periods of time so that we get to ride because in Saskatchewan in the winter, you don't ride a lot unless you're in your snowsuit and it's not a lot of fun then. So we bring them in here to the facility and keep them for a couple of weeks at a time sometimes, sometimes longer, then we're right. able to ride them. Right. So, Wendy, um, after TJ, uh, well... What happened to TJ? At what point did you not have TJ? When TJ went to live in Alberta with Krista, with Brenda's daughter, Krista, and her two daughters. Right. So when Brenda, or when Krista moved to Alberta, of course, everybody needs a horse, and that's just how you grow up when you're a mm-hmm. Sapurja. That's how it is. And so the two horses got, two of Brenda's horses got shipped off to live with Brenda's daughter and her two granddaughters. And then... Brenda got Toonie, <laughs> and there was still another extra horse for me. And then that's, I guess, kind of when my world fell apart. Okay, so we, uh, so the horse that you inherited after TJ was Toonie? Uh, no, the no. would be the one that I inherited really is the horse that I have now, and that's okay. Gypsy. All right, Gypsy. So let's, uh, let's hear a little bit about how Gypsy came into your life. Well... Two years ago, my mom got really sick, and I did absolutely nothing from the 1st of April until the end of August, except look after my mom and dad. My dad has a brain injury, so he's not capable, wasn't capable of looking after my mom when she got sick, so I just moved into their house. Mm -hmm. And for six full months, that was my life, was making sure that my mom got to the doctor's appointments on time, and you know, if she needed a hand getting up and dressed and things like that, that's what I would do, and I did all the meals and everything. And there was no time for any horses at all. I don't know that... I don't know if I was on horseback three or four times the whole time my mom was sick. I hardly remember going out at all. Brenda was detrimental. She was... Hey, 
Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. A few times, I remember, we would go out just because you needed a little equine therapy, I call it. And that's uh-huh. exactly what you have to do. You just, equine therapy. That's, that's right. what I refer yeah. to it as. Because uh-huh. like Wendy said earlier, if you, you can be down in the dumps or you can be feeling blue, you can just need a little me time. And that's when your horse comes into play. You can just go. There's nothing nicer than being riding across the field in the nice summer day or any time of the day I guess but it just kind of gives you that boost but I would think Wendy going through that particular time of your life you'd have to be really careful about when you did get on a horse because the horse would be so sensitive to where you were at or are they can they metaphorically carry that kind of emotional load? Can they? Can are they there for you? They can meet Absolutely. your halfway. Absolutely, there's no question that they can carry it. Yes, they can. And at this particular time, Gypsy had not yet come into our life. Not yet. No. no. I never got Gyps until about two weeks after we lost our mom. Mm-hmm. Um, your, your your mom and Brenda's mom were our sisters. Were yes, sisters. Yes, they are. But Brenda lost her mom a whole bunch of years ago, and when Brenda lost her real mom, my mom took over. Right. So and it was like losing a second mom for you, Brenda. That's right. That's why we call we used to call her our mom. So we shared. Wendy shared her with me, so it was good. Yeah. Right. We had a, a right. Good right. And so that very difficult day came when you did lose your mom. And at that point, Gypsy was not in your life even then. No, not yet. I I think about two weeks after, um, the phone rang and it was Brenda and I picked it up. Hey, how's it going? You and I need to talk. Really? She said, I think I found you a horse. And I'm like, yeah, right. Come on. You know, I'm poor. I have no money. There's no, I think I found you a horse. And so she started telling me a little bit about the story. And about 16 years ago, Brenda broke Gypsy. And that's when a, a man came to see Brenda. Brenda is an expert horsewoman. I've never, ever met anybody that is is more of a horsewoman than Brenda. She knows so much, and she is so willing to share her knowledge. It's unbelievable. And she doesn't even get mad when you ask stupid questions three or four <laughs> times in a row. Okay, wait a minute. What am I supposed to I forget what I'm supposed to do now. Right. Oh, remember, you have to lift this leg, and you have to position the rein exactly like this. And okay. she's very, very smart. So a question like, uh, so the horse is the thing over there with four legs would not be considered a dumb question. <laughs> right, okay, there are no dumb questions. That's true. So so Brenda calls up and says, I think you have a, I have a horse for you. Yes. Now, um, your mom, of course, knew of your love of horses absolutely Uh, was she aware that you really wanted another horse in your life well 
and to that I need to to speak because um, early on after our mom got sick she sort of commissioned me she said if you can find a horse for Wendy I want you to do it she said it doesn't really matter what it costs but we need to find Wendy a horse because that's what she needs after I'm gone and so I was kind of on a mission to find a horse but I I mean we were all really busy with her care and everything and it wasn't you know, a top priority at the moment because none of us had time to do it. But after she passed on, then I got this phone call from, as Wendy said, a, a friend who I trained a horse for when it was just a young horse. It was 16 years ago at that time. And he said, um, the horse has kind of gone through the kids. You know, it's evolved. My kids are all gone and it's all by itself now and I'm looking for a good home for it. And I mean, because I knew the horse from when it was a baby and I had trained it, I said well we better come and have a look at it but I also said we don't have a lot of money we can't spend a whole bunch and he said no I don't want anything for it I just want a good home I want you to take it he said if you will take it I'd be happy to give it to you because he knew me and he knew my history with the horses as well so we went and looked at it went and had a look at it and it just I think it was just one of those things that was meant to be I think it was it was the the vision that our mom had so that Wendy would end up with a horse and she's been with us ever since and and they really do get along, except... And this gentleman did not know your mom? Oh, no. Wendy's no, mom? No, no, not at all. He knew wow. nothing of the whole story at all. No, nothing at all. So and I, I, don't, I guess I told him that why I was looking for a horse, but you no, know, there was no relationship as far as that went. So, yeah. Amazing. And so eventually you said two weeks after your mom passed, okay, if you've got a horse for me, I Uh, believe you. It was Brenda, the gentleman called Brenda, and that night she went to his farm and had a look at Gypsy, and Brenda's, oh yeah, I remember this horse, yep, yep, yep. Brenda brought her horse trailer to that man's house the next day, brought Gypsy home to the farm that night. That night, I was there that evening, I guess. I went out that evening, we put her on what's called a lunge line, and that's just, it's a big, very, very big, long string that you just make her run circles. And she thought this was the stupidest thing. What am I doing? Why are we doing this? And you could just see the... I don't want to say confusion. confusion. What do you yeah, think she it was? was? Yeah, because, she because she had far she surpassed that? Or she'd never done it before? She just hadn't done it for such a long time. That's okay. all. Oh, like... Uh, this so was a fun activity really, 10 years ago. I don't need to do this right. anymore. You put the saddle on my back, you put the bridle in my mouth, and we go. And that's exactly how Gypsy was. Okay, but describe to me that first moment when you laid eyes on Gypsy. What was that feeling like for you? Even before you knew this was... Oh, when she phoned me, I just, I went ballistic. I was just walking this high off the ground, and I'm pretty sure if I was to deep, deep down dig in my heart that I'm sure that there was a lot of guilt there because, oh my God, I can't be happy. I just lost my mom. Right. I'm I'm really right. sure, but I... I think I did exactly what Brenda said, and she said, our mom did this. There's no doubt about it. Our mom did this for you. But you can't just throw yourself at a horse. It starts on the ground. It really does. So I walked up, and A, how's it going, and found the best place that she likes to be scratched, and that's right here on her forehead. Mm -hmm. That's the best place that she likes. She's um, antsy or she's agitated I'll just rub right here really really good and she just calms down just relaxes right away and so I found that spot and as I said now if she's upset or something I'll rub there really good and she'll relax and mellow out um euphoria uh Mm. 
I I can't think of a better word, ecstatic, mm-hmm. amazed, mm-hmm. Um, probably a little bit surprised, maybe more than a little bit surprised, thinking that, oh my goodness, this th- good thing can't be happening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did sort of wait a little bit for the rug to get pulled out, but it didn't. And still to this day, and even when um, Brenda and another one of our friends are at the farm and they have three horses tied to the trailer or tied to a, three, a tree or something, and my truck drives up, Gypsy will neigh like she'll whinny. Holy crap, she's here right on. Did she bring presents? Do you have any cookies? Is there any carrots in that hand? She likes to eat, as you probably can tell. <laughs> Unconditional love. And Gypsy came with the name Gypsy, so you didn't have to... You didn't have to come up with the name. No, I wouldn't. And I swear I see my mom in her eyes. I swear. How could you not? I I don't know. I don't know if you came up with it first. I don't remember. I don't know, but we were one day, and it was maybe a month after we lost mom, something like that, and I can, I can see it to this day, and I was standing on the ground, and we were brushing, and I just, I don't know, she looked at me, and I said, oh my God, I see mom in her eyes, Brenda, look. Mm-hmm. And not a day goes by when you're with Gypsy, you're not also with your mom. Not at all. Nope, she's with us all the time, isn't she? That's called the universe conspiring to, to bring all things together, to, to, to bring you what, you what you want and what you need and what you deserve. What you need, yeah. If yeah. I didn't believe it before, there's no question in my mind now. No question at all. Like I asked my mom, I found, we found out that my mom was terminal. I, uh, I asked if she would come and see me. Mom had lost three sisters before uh, she got sick, and each and every single one of those sisters came to see her, probably within 10 days or so of them passing, something like that, and each and every single one came to see her. And, Mom, will you please come and see me? Will you please? And she said... Absolutely, I promise to do this if I'm able. I promise I will do this if I'm able. Mm -hmm. And I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and it was a whole year, and she still hadn't come and see me. And I met another person that, if for lack of a better way to put it, is in touch with the other side, or Mm -hmm. can feel the other side, Mm -hmm. and... I said, here's my story. I sat down. She said, you need to come and see me. So I went to see her and I sat down on her couch and she said, tell me. And so I just started spewing things. And my mom promised. I told her the story about the three sisters that my mom promised. And she just looked at me and she said, do you need to be hit with a stupid stick? (laughs) And I said, why? She said, she's right here. Can't you feel her? Mm -hmm. I said, no. Oh, my God. She's right. Like, she's right here. Can you not feel her? I said, no. Can you please teach me how? And my mom was an acupressure massage therapist. And on the people that were very, very close to her, she's incredibly talented. She mm-hmm. was really, really good on um, masseuse. Very, very good. And with the people that were very close to her, at the end of her massage, she would take her two, her two hands and she would start at your nose and she would just gently rub her fingers right across your nose, down your cheeks, onto your ears. And just it, she just it's another way to know that she's touching you and she's sending your love and to help take any of the bad toxins and the bad vibes away from you. 
And um, I never put two and two together until this actual day. And so this wonderful woman that I met, her name is Karen Ann. She said, Wendy, you need to sit back and you need to close your eyes and you need to relax and take a whole bunch of deep breaths. So I did. And I said, what am I doing? She said, just relax and open yourself up to it. I said, okay. So right away, the top of my lip got really, really hot. And she said, I told her this and she said, just go with it. Feel it, feel it. Pretty soon I could feel my mom's fingers on my cheeks going right from my nose right to my ears and I was just like holy moly and ever since then I swear my mom sits on my shoulders when I'm driving a long distance she sits in the passenger seat beside me if she doesn't like the music that's playing she changes it and that's really honestly happened because last August we uh, took her up north she wanted to be set free at Jan Lake and so we took we took her urn and we took her to Jan Lake and I unfortunately had to come back halfway through her trip. But on my way back up to Jan Lake, I was in the truck all by myself and I'm just driving along and I was really playing really like head banging music, like hardcore <laughs> rock and roll. And I don't know, something came into my head and I said, are you with me, mom? And of course, I didn't hear a yeah or a whack upside the head or anything. But right away, the music changed and ABBA started playing. Oh, wow. My mom was a big, big ABBA mm. fan. She took me to New York City and we went to see Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. And from the day that we saw Mamma Mia, she and I both fell in love with ABBA. Mm -hmm. And so the ABBA music started playing and I'm like, yep, I know she's here. Like, there's no doubt about it. It really happens. And I believe that she's with us all the time. Your mom's name? Marilyn. Marilyn. Has Gypsy been to Jan Lake? Gypsy's never been to Jan Lake, no. That would be too far for them to travel in the horse trailer. That wouldn't be fair. But what a spectacular moment that would be yes, um, would. to have her there. It's a really special story that you have, and I can't... When I hear your story, it occurs to me that... Um, if you had felt undeserving of of happiness after your mom passed, what what more logical extension of honoring your mom's life could there be than to see her in the eyes of Gypsy every time you're with her? I mean that that there couldn't be a more stunning legacy um, for your mom than than that. I agree. I agree. She was an amazing woman. She really was. And, and her sensitivity to human touch, that clearly is where you get your sensitivity to um, connect with, with horses. Thank you. That's nice of you, Kevin. I consider myself very fortunate to be my mom's daughter. I really do. I couldn't have asked for a better mom. Here's a big philosophical question for you. People or horses? Ooh, <laughs> that's tough. Ooh, that really is tough. Bad day, horses. Uh-huh. Bad day, horses always. Because always. they're totally there unconditionally and you don't have to deal with, uh, you don't have to deal with a friend who will, you know, who can try to, oh, don't worry, things could be a lot worse, those kinds of, like, they just meet you where you're at and don't expect you to be any other way. And And don't care if you're cranky or if you're teary-eyed or if you're bawling your head off on horseback mm -hmm. they just okay let's go should we go faster now 
Okay, let's go. And they don't absorb that. That I mean, if, if you're fearful, if you're sad, they don't take that on, or do they? Oh, absolutely. They do. Oh, they know if you're afraid. Oh, absolutely. No, but I, I don't mean aware. I mean, uh, I, I come from a long line of, of, of dogs in my family, and we used to breed dogs. And I know if you're really, really upset or angry around a dog, they'll, they'll cower. They'll, I mean, they, they think, they take it on as if something that they've done. But do horses do that? Horses will do that too. It just mm-hmm. depends. Horses have different personalities as do people. So it right. depends entirely on the horse. But And some are far more sensitive than others. But they certainly will do that, yes. I think we should go meet Gypsy. Okay. And Brenda's horse. Brenda, what's the name of your horse? My horse is Ziva. Ziva. And these horses come with those names. No, no, no. This one I, I bought. I don't mean her. born with the name. I mean no. you, when you inherit Ziva, you. No, you've... I named her. She had a. She has a horses uh, have um, as as dogs, and I'm sure you're familiar. Have long names on their registration papers. Right, that, right. You know, from their sires and their dams. Well, um, they all our horses all had long names, and I just liked Ziva rather than calling her what her name was on her paper because it's way too long to worry about dressing. So I what, just tried. Was Ziva on the paper as well? No. As a name? Where no. did you, Where did that name come from? You know, I don't even know that. It's just huh. something I dreamed up. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Just just came to me one day. Let's go meet Gypsy and Ziva. And as I stand here in the sand and mud and manure of the arena... Wendy is bringing Gypsy over to me first, followed by Brenda with Ziva. This is Gypsy. Here comes Gypsy. Hello, Gypsy. Hello. How old is Gypsy? Eighteen. Eighteen. She still looks so young. Um, the gray is really starting to come through. It, oh, now do horses, yeah. do horses, um, they become gray as they get older, yeah, do they? Yeah, this has just come within the last couple of years. Just right in here, it's really come become more prominent. Wow, just like people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and there goes, there goes Ziva. She is beautiful. Gypsy. Uh, <laughs> what does that mean? Well, she wants to roll. She wants to roll, she meaning. Wants to roll, yeah. And you see this ground and this nice dirt? Yes. And they really, really want to roll it. Oh, literally roll. Yeah, yeah, she will right away if I let her. Should we? Okay. Okay, we're going to let them, let them do some rock and rolling here. And they like to roll because it's very cooling uh-huh. on their bodies. And, and she, there she goes, yeah. Is this a good place? All right. Yeah, my last dog used to do that. Now they're going to go check out the tractor. Uh-huh. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> they're very curious creatures. Oh, extremely curious, yeah. And the weirdest things freak them out. Like, we were... Uh, um, Carla and I, the girl that I was referring to before we were in Diefenbaker Park, there she goes, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> just the other day, and the fire hydrant, like, it doesn't oh, move, like, right. freaked them both, right. just green. And do they feed off each other if one finds something, oh, yeah, then the other yes. one goes along for, oh, for the yes. ride as well. 
That's hysterical. I've never seen a horse roll. It's exactly like a dog. Yeah. They just get right down there and dirty yeah. on their back and yeah, like uh, like little wiping their faces everywhere and wow. Um, Ziva looks bigger than Gypsy. Ziva is quite a bit bigger than Gypsy. Yeah, Gypsy and has some. I don't know some Welsh. I think Welsh breeding in her from way back, and I don't remember what else. I think quarter horse and maybe Welsh pony, so that makes her just a little bit smaller. And Ziva is a quarter horse, so she's she's quite a bit bigger. Now, quarter horse is the breed? Correct. Yes, right. that's correct. Okay. And obviously it's preferable to have a purebred breed. It is, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're a better horse by any no? stretch. They're like dogs, you know. You get a mixed breed dog, right. and they can be the best dog in the world. So right, but likely it affects the, the value <laughs> the of the horse. The resale value it does. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So how often do these horses get to come here, and is this a special, is this a big deal when they get to come here? Well, we prefer to ride out in the, in the trail, if we can, you know. Like, trail riding is what we'd much rather do, mm -hmm. but... The weather has to be conducive to it. Like lately, first of all, we had so much rain. I mean, it rained entirely the month of June pretty, pretty well. And then once the rain stopped, it got so hot. And once the heat comes, then we get mosquitoes. So it's pretty. Right. I mean, right now with the humidity, it's not even humane to be out in the open riding. It's just too hot. Right. Do horses, do all horses swim? They do, actually. It's cool. It's yeah. really cool. You mean both cooling and cool to watch? Yeah, and cool to be on horseback when they do it. Brenda's done it lots yeah, of times. I've, I've swam on horseback. On You on can stay horse. on the back of the horse while they're swimming? You can or, if you're good at it. <laughs> or or hang on to the horn. No, you don't, you don't swim with the saddle. We don't swim with the Ever no. saddles? No saddles? Ever saddles. Because that would be, you would ruin your saddle if you yeah. swam with the saddle. But oh, right, of course. Hang on to the mane. And, yeah, no, we have a place up by, um, on the way to... Prince Albert called Living Waters, a, a lake where we used to go and swim. Well, I have never sw I haven't done it with Ziva, but I have with two of my other horses, so it's very, very neat. But on their own, they'll they'll swim. Well, you don't see them going in. No. You know, like we have a dugout where our horses are, and they don't wander in and go for a swim. No, just I would imagine drink. they go and stand in it. Yeah, they'll stand in the lake and stuff to do that, but not just to go for a swim. I right. think you'd have to make them to do that. And so, when do you decide to ride bareback on a horse? Oh, it's really a lot of fun, but it's hard to stay on. Oh, right. Because, like, you have no things for your feet, no stirrups right. for your feet to go right. in, right? And there's no horn to hang on to if you get into trouble. Or the, the best, I like to bear, ride bareback the best in the wintertime. When mm -hmm. it's course, it's a nice day. Because when you fall off, you just land in the snow and they just stand there and look at you like, why aren't you on my back anymore? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but then you have to come back somewhere close to get back on them, you know, if you can park them by a fence to get back on. But I would imagine there's an even more special connection when you're bareback on a horse. They're because you don't so have that. warm. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Right. So warm. Right. Will these horses be part of the exhibition this year? No. They're not into showing off and, and doing horse tricks. Brenda shoots off her horse, though. Shoots, she has um, two six-shooters. Six-shooters? Yeah, mounted shooting. Yeah. Mount, so she goes, shooting. please, guns, bang, bang, bang. What do you shoot? Balloons. Mounted shooting is a, is a, is a new a sport relatively new to Saskatchewan. Oh. It's not new in the, the States and to Canada, but it's relatively new to Saskatchewan. And in the wintertime, we, we practice in here every Saturday morning. You have a, It's patterns. You put patterns on. They stand on, on sticks and pylons, and you, there's red ones and white ones, and you have to ride a different pattern, and you shoot. It's uh, gunpowder. 
you shoot at the balloon. It's not uh, it's not a live shell. It's a, the powder breaks the balloon. So you're not going to shoot anybody if you have spectators. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, true confession time. One of my biggest fears in life is a popping balloon. Oh. And we had uh, boxer dogs that used to be terrified when balloons would pop. Are horses not terrified at the? Yeah. You have to. You have to deal with it. You have to train them from the from the start. And uh, Ziva is not very amenable to shooting. She, it bothers her a lot. I have this other horse, Toonie, that Wendy mentioned before that I shoot from. But we put earplugs in their ears and stuff because it's a, it's a loud noise and they're very sensitive. They're big ears, so they got to be got to be protected right i you can't really go off to shoppers drug mart and get horse earplugs i would expect there. <laughs> no. you buy nerf balls for dogs and cats to play with and they work just great nerf balls yeah, little tiny yeah little, yeah like no kidding the size of a golf ball yeah and we just put them on a string so you can pull them out and works like a hot darn and they don't freak out when you stick no. anything in their ears very very trusting animals well, you you have to build the trust. Like sure. I I don't know when I first got Gyps if I could walk up to her and stick her my thumb in her ear, but now she leans <laughs> yeah. into it. Yeah. Can you get in there a little further? Uh, much like people, more? you know, rarely can you walk up to somebody and stick yes. <laughs> your thumb in their ear with It's just one of those uh, life things. Oh, that's the sound of gypsy breathing in the microphone. <laughs> that's a that's a good sound bite right there. Um, when I first met you a couple of years ago and heard your story, as I said, I knew that this was a story that deserved to be told. And I want to really thank you. I mean, we talk about the universe conspiring to make things happen. I would not have thought that this project would come my way and that I'd have the opportunity to honor your mom the way, the way that we have today. And... It's an incredibly personal story, and I wanted to respect you enough to, to give you the opportunity to have an out if it, if it was too personal. But I'm extremely grateful for you opening your heart um, to me and to the listeners and, and letting, letting us in on a pivotal moment in your life, which has just brought you to such an incredible place. I love her. I love her more than... I thought was actually possible. I really did. I've, I've owned dogs in my life too. And yes, they have a, a powerful bond, but it's nothing like this. It's, she's amazing. She really is. And she's a blessing. And I'm very, very fortunate to have the wonderful cousin that I do that you has are. taught me so much as brenda backs away from the microphone oh there there's there's a big hug that's happening you two have a really special relationship i love her very much she is yeah. the sister that i never yeah. had and this this bond that you have over horses is just um it's it's your culture horses are not just recreation for you they're they're your they're your life they are interwoven into what makes you the people that you are there's Thank. so much fun. Yeah. Thanks through all the tears, Wendy, of hanging in there and telling you the story. And thank, thank you, Brenda, for the work that you're doing with these welcome. incredible animals. Thank you as well. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to talk about our mom. Oh, she deserves it. We miss her very much. I know. But she's 
here every time you look in Gypsy's eyes. Yes, she is. Oh, oh, only when she's good. If Gypsy's bad, oh. my mom's not there. <laughs> she's honest. She's not. Right, right. Even your mom has a bottom line. Oh, yes. Line. She, she, yeah. When Gypsy gets, yeah. gets bucky and has an attitude, mom goes somewhere else. <laughs> your mom says, if you're behaving like yeah. that, I'm not, I'm not sticking staying. around. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's a good note to end on. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks for listening. The Sascapes podcast is created by Kevin Power as part of the Culture Days Animateur program operated by Sass Culture. Funding to the cultural sector is provided through the Saskatchewan Lotteries Trust Fund for Sports, Culture and Recreation. If you want to hear more of these podcasts or to see the great work being done by other Sass Culture animateurs, please visit www.iheartculture.ca. Special thanks to Paved Arts in Saskatoon for their technical support. Sascapes podcasts are also available through the iTunes Store. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There is no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time...